0: Welcome back to another edition of the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. I'm your host, Blair Angulo, thanks for tuning in. It is Tuesday, August twenty fourth, and we are closer and closer to the college football season. We've got games on the TV this coming weekend. Obviously, there's be there will be a lot of fans that'll actually be able to hit the road this weekend to check out their favorite college football team. And what we're doing here on this podcast, it's breaking things down from a recruiting angle. We're going to continue our look at some of the top ten programs in the country in the recruiting rankings right now. With LSU, which sits at number Number seven overall, number three among SEC programs. And we've got recruiting analyst Shay Dixon on the line to break things
1: down with us. Shay, how are we doing? Doing great. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I get, gosh, I've been deep in full camp for a few weeks now and you had just noted to me that LSU had not picked up a commitment since the summer so it had been kind of quiet they were on a run there for a bit but I just glanced at the recruiting rankings they are they're sitting at seven now on the composite recruiting rankings behind uh, you know the Georgia, Oregon, Bama, Ohio State, Notre Dame, Penn State to the world those teams but what they had climbed up to about two or three there and had a decommitment had some commitments mixed in but I think more than anything some of these other teams are starting to, to rack up the commits so it's about evening out LSU 15 commits is uh, a good spot, I think, for them to be in 10 spots still to go. A lot of guys left on the board. I fully expect that they wind up in that uh, top five range, which is, uh, as you know, and, and most of the listeners, that's a pretty normal spot for LSU to be
0: in. Yeah, Steve Wolfong, the director of recruiting, always likes to point out the the stat with the commitment. So right now, LSU has an average rating per commit of 0.92, which is it equates to a low to mid three of uh, low to mid four-star prospects. So with those 15 commitments, they've got a high quality per average commitment. And and you obviously like to see that. Like you mentioned, they're still holding some spots for uh, another 10 or so in this class. And I think, you know, the important thing for LSU, when you look at them from a macro standpoint, it's their ascension in the team recruiting rankings every year under Orgeron, right? Every year that they've been progressing, they've been getting higher and higher in the team recruiting rankings when it's all said and done and obviously a lot of that comes with the buzz that was generated by uh, Joe Burrow and and that team that won the national championship they've been continuing to sell that to recruits the the I, I guess the trajectory of the program under Orgeron but right now you mentioned it right only six commitments in the month of july that that made up six of their 15 commitments nothing since then and you, you you maybe you start to wonder are they focusing on the product on the field after you know the kind of the opt-outs that they had uh and during the season last year and they they maybe they're putting recruiting kind of to the side what have you noticed uh about the approach of this staff as we approach the, this coming season
1: well, I think it's uh, twofold. I think a couple of things were most important for them. One was evals in June, right? I mean, they had not been able to see a lot of these guys, any of these guys really in person in, in a year and a half. And and some of them that they had taken commitments from, they had not ever seen in person. So getting them to camp, not and then sizing them up, right? Sitting them down and going over some X's and O's, getting a feel for their personality. How do they mesh? And, and then certainly putting them through you know, combine-like settings or private workouts or summer camps. Everything these coaches were able to do in the month of June was big for them. And June, they had more decommitments with guys that uh, you know, and we call it in the industry often a, a mutually parting of ways, but uh, guys who decommitted end up at smaller schools and with, a, you know, chasing a little bit more playing time. But for LSU, it was almost like it was as important to eval the current commits they had. Uh, and they trimmed down the list a little bit before moving into that month of July, where they started to knock down dominoes of four commitments of guys that they had on camp and and really checked out and became offers and tapes for them. So I think it was a bit uh, kind of a yin and yang there for them, right? That they trimmed up in June and then they loaded up a bit more in July and then I look at moving forward uh, and you noted their composite score of, of where they've been at and it was a bit higher obviously when Jacoby Matthews was committed Jacoby Matthews Walker Howard and Will Campbell are the top three players in the state of Louisiana and all of them are composite five stars so Howard a quarterback Campbell an offensive tackler still committed I still feel good about Jacoby Matthews ending up at LSU being a Louisiana guy is close with all these guys in the class but if we look at it uh, from that view uh, Blair then They've got the top three committed. You've got your no doubt five stars. But after that, Shaz Preston, Le'Veon Moss, Kendrick Law, Quincy Wiggins, Jamon Tapp, all these guys are in the top 10 in the state of Louisiana, which if you're just sort of like casually following LSU recruiting or whatever it might be, Louisiana is so important to them. Per capita, it's a top five NFL producing state. It's a top five producing state for college talent. And it's how LSU stays in the top five of the recruiting rankings every year. They just lock down the state. And really, it's been Bama who's been able to get one or two guys here and there, but really nobody else. And I think you look at that and you say, okay, that's, I just counted off three, four, five, six guys, including Jacoby Matthews, that are in state in the top 10 with an offer that they like, that camped at LSU, that they don't need to go further into senior year evals on to Know if they want them or not and you've got 10 open spots so six of your 10 right there you're crossing your fingers as an LSU staff saying we got to close on this whole group and then you've got room to play with these four or five extra spots so I think it's that and then I think these four or five extra spots yeah look there's national guys out there really all over the country. They're chasing defensive linemen. They're chasing really no brainer guys like the Evan Stewart to the world. They want linebackers and they're after guys like Harold Perkins. So they're still in the mix for a lot of these big names, but here in Louisiana and and certainly elsewhere, these first three weeks, that's what, when I talk to coaches off the record and let's just more specifically at LSU, they always circle, give us three games, let us watch them as seniors. Then we'll know, okay, is this guy an offer? Is this guy someone that we'd really just need to wait till closer to signing day on. So for all of those reasons and tossing Blair that we're about to be back in an open period here in September – it's going to pick back up, but I think by design they slowed themselves down a bit.
0: If you're an LSU, you're able to do that, right? You're you're taking some of the commitments that you understand are going to be no doubters, or they're going to be automatic takes, or guys that you feel really comfortable about. Then there's the other kind of the other approach where you have to be really methodical and really do your homework on some prospects that might or might not fit what you want to do, or they might not be kind of the correct prospect that you're hoping to fill at at a certain spot. Or, or it also kind of depends on where you with other prospects at that same position so there's a lot of moving parts and i think you have to like if you're lsu and if you're an lsu fan you have to like the position that they put themselves heading into the season which i mentioned earlier is pretty important for edward drawn right because 2020 was a weird one for a lot of people but i think when you look at lsu specifically some of the defections that they had the opt-outs that wasn't a complete team they obviously lost a lot of talent to the nfl after that winning uh that championship season and i think now they're an opportunity for lsu when you think about them specifically from a recruiting standpoint to open eyes again right to impress some of the recruits that maybe you know wondered all right was that a fluke year was that just a one-off for lsu to win a national championship or are they actually for real
1: you know and we talked about this a year ago really on the pod you and i of when, because this is really interesting I think and, and obviously 2020 was such a unique season in terms of the COVID-19 and everything else that came with opt-outs and guys not going to games and recruiting being a dead period LSU won and remember the year prior LSU had beaten Central Florida in the Fiesta Bowl that was their first year six game and since I guess they moved away from the BCS which is kind of surprising to think of given LSU's played in a few national championships over the past couple of decades but that 2018 to 2019 run with Burrow as quarterback and all of those first round picks and second round picks they made a lot of waves won double-digit games and then went undefeated the next season you win a national championship and then you think what january you win a national championship you finish your recruiting class you sign them on signing day and now you're geared up you're ready bring all the recruits through we're going to show them the sec championship national championship trophies the rings our brand new weight facility all these things they had done and march just shuts down for a year and a half it's almost as if no kid got to even see the the fruits of lsu's labor from that year then you pour, as you noted, into 2020, and they sucked. I mean, they were 5-5. Five and five. They were a 500 team, and that is unheard of down here at LSU, at least from the 2000s on. And I think it's almost a good thing. Then you say, okay, kind of glad as a coach we were in a dead period, and we didn't have kids here every week having to see that. Uh, let's move on and, and turn the page. And from talking to a lot of the the staff members, people around LSU, I think they're really – and they're doing exactly as you let out by when you asked this question. They're really hopeful that now, okay, look, we got some kids in in June. It was open again at the end of July, but now it's September. Guys can come back to Tiger Stadium. They're making it 100% capacity. They're going to be able to host official visitors. And you can finally put guys around that idea of, hey, look, this is a national championship program. Here's all the trophies and the the Heismans to prove it. And I think that is the, the sort of little extra juice that they're looking for to make sure they close strong in Louisiana. And then they go out and get a couple of these national guys by selling the brand.
0: We are joined by Shea Dixon. He covers recruiting and the LSU beat for 24-7 sports. You can follow him on Twitter at Shay Dixon. You mentioned Jacoby Matthews earlier, and, and that's a player I want to get back to because this is one that I saw while he was committed to LSU earlier in the spring at a 7-on-7 tournament. And when you think about the safeties or maybe those hybrid outside linebacker safety types in this 2022 class, it's hard to find a player that is as physically impressive or has that 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 physical upside that Jacoby Matthews has. Uh, Just a phenomenal athlete, rangy. uh, Has, I think, all those tools that you look for in a future NFL player, 6'2", 215-ish or so. Uh, Out of the state of Louisiana, the number two rated safety overall in the 2022 class, according to the composite. You still like LSU, despite the fact that he decommitted from the Tigers. He he took an unofficial visit to Texas A&M, I I believe, in the month of July. Uh, That's kind of when he backed off his commitment to LSU had already taken an official visit to to m but when you look at his situation specifically what was the reasoning behind him backing off LSU and and why do you still like LSU's chances
1: Yeah I don't think it was anything incredibly sinister that you know he's not feeling LSU anymore or anything like that I think it was one of those things where he committed to LSU when they had made an off season hire uh, off the field with someone at Mississippi State, Mason Smith, who he was close with. LSU had already been working him hard. And I think it, then he started to realize, like, I've got so many great relationships there. Uh, the guys are starting to jump into the class at that point. Walker Howard and Will Campbell, the five stars in state like him, had already committed. So I think he said, OK, look, I feel I feel good about this. Right. And that was in like April. Well, June rolls around and that was was the first time he could actually go out and look at colleges. Remember it had been dead for him uh, as a recruiting period since he was what a sophomore in high school. So I mean, as soon as he burst onto the scene, they shut everything down. And even with a commitment to LSU, when you're from a state, and I'm sure it's like this everywhere, but I'll just say Louisiana, you're from Louisiana, you grow up 30 minutes from LSU, you commit to them, you know, you start helping them recruit. And then all of a sudden, it's an open period. And you go out and you visit a school like A&M and say, man, this is cool. I got to actually go out and see something different. Then you're having all these other schools say, hey, come do the same this fall. And for him, I think in talking it over with his parents, he thought, all right, I'll back off the commitment. I'll then I'll really be able to see what's out there. You know, teams will see that I'm serious and I'm not just taking visits and I'm listening. And I think there is some truth to that. Now, I think it's going to be hard for anyone to catch LSU. I think that he'll take a look around, he'll make a handful of official visits, but he's just got a lot of relationships with the staff. He look when he committed he said, "I've never wanted to go anywhere else. This is the only place I want to go." a few weeks before he decommitted, he said that he was out there actively recruiting a couple of guys that he was about to pop into the class. And he said they were Louisiana guys. Well, they ultimately did get a few of those Louisiana kids to pop into the class in the month of July. So they've got, you know, their ongoing commitment text messages, you know, where all the commits are in a group message. He's still in that, you know, there's things like that, that I think point to LSU being uh, the team that's at least out front, certainly going to be hard to catch, but guess we're watching certainly A&M, maybe the Bamas of the world, but if is able to play well this year, I don't have too much worry on where he ultimately ends up.
0: I really like that approach by recruits. By the way, the the backing off before you take other official visits because you know obviously if you're committed and you're taking other visits, you know are you really committed? But I think it it provides a genuine perspective for some of these recruits as they are able to present themselves to other college staffs. You know you're able to tell them, hey, I'm recruitable. I'm open. You can tell me everything you need to tell me, and now I will go into that with an open mind right i'll go into it knowing that you want this you know want this opportunity for me you're going to present it to me and i'm going to be able to digest everything without kind of that committed label next to him so you know i commend him for doing that and and obviously to go through that process uh and i guess kind of do it in, in a way where it's it's a bit more genuine when he's able to take some visits shay before we let you go i think the you know the the big thing for lsu moving forward and you know for a lot of teams moving forward is going to be be the implementation, uh, uh, once again, of, of game visits, right, and, and officials during the season and being able to juggle recruits on campus while you're preparing for an opponent and while you're playing a game. Have you heard of anything specifically that LSU is excited to do after the tumultuous 2020 year where we didn't have those game visits, where we didn't have recruits in the locker room, where we didn't have recruits going on campus during a, a game weekend? Is there anything that you, you've heard that LSU is excited to to kind of implement?
1: You know, I think some of the things they're trying, they're excited about, right? In terms of return to normalcy, is things that pushed them over the edge in recruiting, which was game visits where you can get guys on the sidelines and get them into the locker room that wasn't able to happen a year ago. And this year, the media fans are still not going to be able to have sideline access uh, if you were able to secure one of those tickets in the past because of the protocols. But they're in a spot now where the SEC, other, you know, NCAA is, is starting to let things open up to where they'll bring them on the sidelines and you get to stand out there with Coach O and walk around on the field before the game. And you get to be in the locker room after they win, which is something they haven't had for a couple of years in terms of visits. And then Coach O and this staff, and it's a Louisiana thing. I think it's a culture thing of just how the the mood of LSU is, is these official visits. I mean, that's often where they separate themselves with a lot of these kids who end up committing and saying they won me over on the visit. I felt at home. My parents felt at home. You know, I got to go out with Eli Ricks and Derek Stingley while my parents Got to hang back and talk with Coach O and my position, you know Corey Raymond, my position coach, about how I'm going to fit in here, how they're going to take care of me, get a vibe for each other, and I think the the parents often leave those weekends feeling better about things, and certainly the kids, you know, are eating it up whenever they're getting to hang out with a lot of the guys they look up to that are already on the team, you get to sort of feel a part of it all, uh, and that's what separates you in, in recruiting. So I think for them, there the return to normalcy for them, I think is a return to. A few of the kind of ace up their sleeve, you know, t- recruiting tools that they've had, which were visits, which were game day experiences and, and things of, of that nature. That's sort of LSU's bread and butter in terms of things they can offer that sometimes other teams can't match.
0: LSU number seven in the team recruiting rankings for the 2022 class heading into the season number three among SEC programs and the Tigers get a chance on September 4th to impress some national recruits in a nationally televised game against UCLA out West LSU versus the Bruins
1: early early predictions. Oh man, I, well, I predict you and I are going to have a drink on a golf course somewhere, or something like that, because we're going <laughs> to well, both be I like, there. I
0: like uh, the, ha- I, I like the, I like the evasion there. I love, yeah, I love I, you I'll dodging, LSU, dodging too. that bullet.
1: I'll take LSU by a couple of touchdowns. I've said all summer that look, UCLA gets to play Hawaii this week, right? So they'll have a game. LSU doesn't. I think LSU traveling across country. They've got a new OC and a new DC. Six of the ten on-field coaches are new. They're working in some guys into new starting spots and there'll be some natural just rust coming off the 5-5 five five season, right? But uh, I think when you get into the second half and certainly into the fourth quarter, I think LSU's just got a little too much depth and, and certainly a little bit more talent. So I bet they win this one by, you know, 10, 14 points, but I don't know if it'll look pretty the whole time.
0: It could be a fun one September 4th in Pasadena, California. Shea Dixon, thank you so much for joining us. And can't wait to see you out here on, on the West Coast, Shea. We'll, we'll, we'll meet up that, that day that afternoon and hang out
1: absolutely and then we will get back on the pod and report of uh, of all of our fun times
0: a hundred percent we will shea dixon you can follow him on twitter at shea dixon he's a recruiting reporter also covers the lsu beat for 24 7 sports.com that'll do it for us remember stay locked in right here on this podcast for all the national recruiting headlines as we head into the season for shea dixon and producer lance glenn i am Blair hulo thanks for listening to the 24 7 sports football recruiting podcast